Oh, we got a new little baby rhino at the Buffalo Zoo. Yeah. And it looks like there's a naming competition. I, I was thinking in tradition of what is commonly considered a rhino now, Liz Cheney would be a good oh. name for Ooh, I don't know if I'm touching that one, man. Liz Cheney Jr.? Topical. <laughs> <laughs> that, that joke's going to really hit in 15 years. Um, well, I've successfully named myself Snake. Right. So I'm thinking maybe I can do the same for this baby rhino. Snake Jr. Snake Jr. Yeah. Snake Jr. Snake Jr. the rhino. Mm-hmm. I like it. That sounds great. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it could be my little baby boy. Right. Can you ride a rhino? Remember like in the old Donkey Kong games, you could ride around on a rhino? Uh, you can try. Right. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I I don't I wouldn't use Spurs. <laughs> well, they got the tough hide, don't they? Right. Yeah. So maybe Spurs would be okay. But I don't know that they would even affect it. Mm-hmm. I know a lot. A little known in the old west. Um, there's a particular town, I think, in New Mexico, where they exclusively rode baby rhinos. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Once truth they grew or, up, they truth or consequences, New Mexico. The yeah. consequences if you know you fell off the baby rhino. Yeah, and I, I think there's still a little community that. Grow, yeah, like develops rhinos to this day for riding. Deal, right. This is stupid as hell. Go ahead. <laughs> play the music. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners to the square. Uh, you are with the OG. Uh, you know what? Twitter, tweet us your suggestions for baby rhino names. Reed, you you didn't even have a suggestion. You have a, I, uh, no, yes, I did. You, did you agree with me? Snake I said Jr.? Snake Junior. No, yeah. that was my idea. Oh, okay. You right. you didn't even give your idea. Mine was Snake Junior. Okay. Jim's no, was I Liz said, Cheney. I did. I said right. Snake, and you just added the Junior. And you're well, for it. well, right. I will take credit for it, but I won't take credit for this great episode because we're all sharing in that yeah. here today. We've got Re, myself. We've got Jim. That's me. And we've got Snake. Snake Senior. Snake Senior. Yes, welcome back to The Square, everybody. Uh, Last week, we had a firecracker of a guest from the Starbucks Union, Michelle Eisen. If you have not listened to that episode yet, if you're a little behind the times, go listen to it. But but after this one. You know, like this week, more current. But last week was great hearing about what's going on at Starbucks. However, Excelsior, onwards. We're talking about the news and why we're so mad about it, Jim. That's that's generally what we do. That's that's why we started this is we just got real angry about the the news and instead of just sitting around a fire getting drunk, we were like, Well, we'll sit around a table with microphones. Yes. And get, and get drunk. And, and get still drunk. get drunk. Right. And we'll record it for others to listen to us and yeah. you know. Also get mad with us. So, mm-hmm. listener, thanks for, for getting mad with us. We are on a Bill Sunday recording the Buffalo Bills. You might have heard of them. New York's uh, favorite football team. New York's only football team. Welcome back, Canadians. Yes. Welcome. We didn't even have that on our whiteboard. Yeah. Welcome back, Canadians. Welcome back. We're back in the house. We love you. We don't like the way you drive, but generally you're agreeable people. put up with it. Right. As long as you like share your poutine. Oh, yeah. I I like the butter tarts. Those are my favorite Mm -hmm. Canadian delicacy. Right. And, uh, And your candies. Yes. Yes, you have good candies. They they get all those candies that you can't get in America because right. they're like banned. Because there's you know like what do they have like the Kinder Kinder eggs oh, up there? Yeah. I think they have those in Canada. You can't bring them to the states, right? Yeah. And, or choking hazard Aero bars. Oh. oh no, you can find Aero bars at Wegmans. 
No. Can you? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's that's. I the, love the. I don't know what. It's just a chocolate bar with bubbles. But right. Man, yeah. It's just so great for. Some yeah. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> Coffee crisp, which you can yes. find it sometimes, you know, in the United States, but like it's it's hard to find. Right. Well, whereas like in uh, Canada, it's at like every store, even if you're like at you know. A, a menswear shop they're like well we also have coffee crisp the only curveball right now is i don't like buying anything nestle because they're piece of shit slavery company. right so right that's there's that that's so i've been sticking to the all dressed chips lately yeah right <laughs> we can go on with candy talk all day boys but you know as, as it turns out we had some elections earlier this month that have been finally certified they're done it's over it's, it's been called starting with the big one Byron Brown is officially, once again, the mayor of Buffalo, New York. Strive for five. <laughs> yep, yep. He uh, That will officially make him the longest tenured mayor in yeah. Buffalo history. Yep. Man, I mean, we obviously here at the Square are not pleased about that outcome. Um, we were very much in the tank for uh, India Walton. It, it did not come to pass. And I think I think we owe it to everybody at some point to maybe go into that campaign and, and talk about what our thoughts were on how it played out. You know, we never really got into that. Um, the elections came and went and it all happened really fast. And I think, I think as a political experts, we could, we could weigh in on maybe some of the things that went right and went wrong, but that might be for another time or a slow news week. Who's, who's to say, but this week isn't slow because yes, Byron Brown is the mayor of Buffalo. Look for whatever it's worth to you. He is the first African-American mayor of Buffalo, New York, and to be the longest tenured mayor, you know, that, that does mean something. Yeah. My question is for this term is, you know, the Republicans don't do anything for free and they backed him heavily. So what did he sell out that the Republicans are going to get? Well, my fears before all this was that if Byron Brown were to win this election, would he become the MAGA mayor? Would he lean into having gotten all that Republican support? But as it turns out, uh, turns out the whole time, Jeremy Zellner was like, "Eh, you know, he's still a Democrat. Uh, he ran as a Republican. Yeah, you know, you, you got a lot of Republican support. You're still our guy. Which is crazy to me because, well, one, he ran as a Republican. But two, like, they have basically excommunicated Mickey Kearns. Yes. So, you know, Mickey does what the mayor does, and he gets excommunicated. The mayor just, he just has too many people in committees. That's, that's where, because if Mickey had a whole bunch of committee seats that he controlled... But Mickey's dumb, so he doesn't go after committee seats. So he's got no power in the party. <laughs> if he had actually gone after committee seats and and done that, he wouldn't be excommunicated. He would he could potentially get like cross endorsed next time he ran for clerk. Yep. But he doesn't. But the mayor does. The mayor has a whole bunch of people on the committee seats, and he's got other elected officials who back him, like Crystal People Stokes, who stayed by him, or Chris Scanlon, or Joe Golombek. And whereas Mickey is on an island. And the one reason why Mickey's on an island, like, yes, obviously, the mayor has all this patronage positions because he's mayor. And he's been a line-towing Democrat for a long time. Whereas Mickey's always been, you know, this loose cannon. But I really think that a lot of it does come down to you play the game right and you, you get committee seats and you have influence over the party and the executive committee. Even if you don't have your people on the executive committee, they're afraid to do anything because you'll just overthrow them. And if, you know, going back to Mickey, he's just, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's dumb. Maybe both. (laughs) 
<laughs> we could we could we could go long on that um, on that topic with Mickey. But I, I do want to say that look as offensive to perhaps many people listening to this podcast, your sensibilities of Byron Brown running essentially as a Republican with Republican support to a lot of other people, especially in the party apparatus, whether it be the committees or fellow electeds, they view it as an entirely savvy move that might be evidence of his bona fides as a, you know, as a seasoned candidate. I don't know if I agree with that. I think running (laughs) with the support of the local shithead faction of the Republican Party, it's not great. And I don't think it bodes well for our city or what's happening here. But I I don't want to be a you got to hear both sides kind of guy. But really, like there are people in the party who are like, man, that was pretty smart that he was able to do that and pull that off and still be considered a Democrat. That he was able to be, still be considered a Democrat is kind of amazing. I think that had he just run with his own people, he priced given the the results and given the actual numbers that he won by, he probably could have won without Republican support. But he decided to taint himself and take this Republican support. And you know, while there are some people who are in like leadership positions in the party are like, well, this is pretty smart. He's really galvanized like the people who voted against him hate him now and will never vote for anybody that he supports and you know there are going to be committee races in the city next year there are going to be candidates for common council and those people are going to hate the mayor and they're going to hate zellner and they're going to hate the executive committee because they're playing footsie with the mayor already well you mentioned jim like what did the republicans get out of this and i think maybe we already have the answer john garcia has been officially declared a sheriff right yeah john garcia i mean that's that is the one thing that the the republicans probably got out of that is that you know that brown campaign made that deal with the devil in south buffalo where they basically campaigned together and you know garcia even though there was a high turnout of democrats in the city wins countywide and it's interesting that they didn't push the mayor because the mayor was so desperate it's surprising that they didn't push and say you have to campaign with both garcia and dixon and get both those countywide seats that the the republicans who are usually pretty good at much better at negotiating than democrats are (laughs) gave up on just saying we just want the sheriff's race they they didn't take the controller seat as well because that controller seat you know, had the mayor basically campaigned with Lynn Dixon as well in South Buffalo, then we'd be talking about controller Dixon and not Hardwick. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of South Buffalo having a major impact on some races, almost cost the Dems the legislator seat. Yes. And only only as of a few days ago was John Gilmore, the Democratic candidate, uh, officially announced as the winner of that seat pretty much by the skin of his teeth. Oh, very much by the skin of his teeth. I mean, uh, I don't know that, you know, if you're looking two years from now, if you're the Republicans, you can go, well, the exact same circumstances are going to show up. So we've got a chance to really win this. I don't I don't think that's the, the case. I think what you you had is you had some extenuating circumstances. That district is like Hamburg and the city of Buff- and South Buffalo. And yep. you had high turnout in Hamburg because of the Hoke race. And then you had obviously the mayor's race in the city of Buffalo. You had a very polarized very motivated voters coming out in those two races. And just as a, a, a slight aside on this, so when John Gilmore 
posted, you know, that he officially announced after the absentee ballots came out that he won the race. And obviously a shout out to his people and to the, the voters, South Buffalo, Hamburg, Lackawanna, yada, yada. Uh, but of note in that photo was with a shout out in the Facebook post to Randy Hoke. Randy Hoke was in the photo. And, and look, on the one level, it's not surprising because in order to win that district, he very much needed Randy Hoke's support in Hamburg. Um, he he really needed Randy Hoke, I imagine, to galvanize those Hamburg voters to maybe counteract some of what might have been happening in South Buffalo. Um, uh, absolutely. I mean, look, uh, there's a reason why he didn't shout out Chris Scanlon, and that's because Scanlon was telling people to vote not Democrat. Yeah. Well, and the reason I say that is like, you know, you, you can't read too much into these things or Facebook posts, but like Jeremy Zellner wasn't in that picture, you know, like Randy, Randy Hoke was Randy Hoke showing that, Hey, this might be the first of maybe potentially many times where he, he might start to build himself as a little bit of a kingmaker in the mm -hmm. local democratic party that, that just stood out to keep, keep a, keep a pin in that one. Right. I, yeah. I mean, I think if you think that Randy Hoke's influence is going to be only in Hamburg, you're wrong. Yes. And we're not just saying that because we like Randy. He's been on the show and he might be listening. <laughs> we love you, Randy, if you are listening. But but I mean, look, we're calling it like we see it. I, I really think that this might be the start of, of Randy Hoke sort of. He, he's very savvy. When we talk to him, he he's very savvy about the dynamics of the local elected and committee things. I'll, that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. But keep a pin in it. Speaking of... Uh, Flipping one out. Flip, that's not even a turn of phrase. Pulling one out, flipping one around, whatever. Amherst. It, it is now. Yeah. yeah. Flip, <laughs> flipping one out. Yeah. We're flipping one out, baby. Flipping yeah. one out. We'll look for those t-shirts next year, guys. <laughs> uh, no, uh, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. There you go. That's a real phrase. Uh, okay. Amherst Dems got a, a council seat that they, it looked like they had lost on election night. Right, Jackie Berger. Yeah. As the absentees came in, um, as they usually do in Erie County, the absentees favored the Democrats. And in this case, it was enough to reverse what it looked like on election night. And I mean, nobody declared victory on election night in that race. It was obviously too close to call where it stood from election night to where it stands now after absentees have been counted um, is that Amherst swept. Yeah. And again, this lines up with the narrative that, uh, Basically, the Amherst Republicans were like, yeah, fuck it. We're yeah. just going to make sure the city is going to Byron Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they were this close to at least getting one council seat. Like, you know, Lavin won his council seat very handily and Culpa won the supervisor seat very handily. And credit to the Amherst Dems. Like, sure, maybe, you know, there is this narrative that the Amherst Republicans tanked, but the Amher you still have to do the work. You know, and it, and it was a strong year for Republicans across the board. So it would have been very easy for Amherst, which had been for a very long time a Republican stronghold, to have gone Republican. So the Amherst Dems did do the work. Yeah, for sure. Especially in a year like this, right? So good good on them. Good on, speaking if we're talking in that direction here, we're giving uh, laudits and laudits? Fuck, I can't talk today. We're, we're, we're saying high fives, thumbs ups. Good job all around. Brian Nowak. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our buddy, Brian. Brian. He was right about those absentee votes. Yes. He he was correct. Uh, he ended up finishing first in the council race in Cheektowaga. So take that. If you're, if you're taking a lesson away from this year and you're a mainline Democrat and you're like liberals and leftists cost us the election, get fucked. Pay attention to what actually happened. Brian Nowak, DSA member only member of the suburbs to endorse India Walton 
is the highest vote getter in the town of Chictawaga, a town that elected a Republican for the first time in 20 years. But they also are like, we like the cut of this guy's jib. Yeah. And just in case you're like, oh, well, you know, and, and again, I, I say this half jokingly, but I, there is a, a, a measure of like identity politics when it comes to these things. You can't avoid that. So a Polish candidate in Chictawaga, you might be thinking, oh, OK, a guy named Nowak doing well in Chictawaga. There were other when Brian was on the show, he's like, look, there are other Polish candidates who got completely nuked. Like, it's not like people are like, oh, there's that guy, Nowak. OK, no, they know th- they know Brian Nowak. They right. know the candidates in Chictawaga and they're like. Hey, the Republicans took seats there that they hadn't had in years, but Brian came out as number one because he put on his hard work and voters knew him. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, I think all the candidates for council this year were, were Polish. Right. 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 Uh, unsurprisingly, all the candidates in Chicktawaga were Polish, <laughs> but Brian did the work and he's made the connections and people know him. And so people might say, I mean, there's a lot of people who probably go, Oh, man, he's a Democratic Socialist, and he doesn't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. And, you know, he endorsed India Walton, but he's a hard worker and he's a volunteer firefighter. And, you know, I like him. People are willing to make that kind of connection to people. You know, it's it's not so cut and dry that, oh, well, he's a leftist. So it was a bad year for Democrats. So obviously he got crushed. No, if, he, if anything, he did. The, it was the reverse. Yeah, Brian is very much in the mold to me of like Bernie Sanders, where people might not agree with what he thinks at times, but they respect and trust him that he comes by it honestly, that he's not putting on a front, that it's not some kind of political masquerade. So, yeah, I know we had him on the show a couple weeks ago, but uh, yeah, big, big round of applause for Brian. Yeah, but we're giving thumbs down now here, Jim, and um I know we already talked about Byron Brown winning the race, but as it turns out, Byron Brown is still a relatively big player in the Democratic Party, at least in the Democratic National Committee. Right. He's a a national committeeman. And, you know, there's a lot of questions around like, well, after this race where he embraced the Republicans and he ran this very strong race uh, and heated campaign where he shit all over the Democratic candidate. Should he be a member of the Democratic National Committee anymore? I tend to say, no, I, I think that should disqualify you from being on the, you know, it, it, if, if, if you lose, it's one thing to run in a Democratic primary and to fight and have that fight. Once you lose the primary, if you want to argue like, you know, like had, had India Walton done, gotten the paperwork done correctly and won the working family, had the working families line and lost the Democratic primary, had she continued on until the general election, I think people would be like, well, that's fine. And, you know, was it sour grapes in part that he ran as a write-in? Sure, but, I mean, he also won, so, like, obviously he knew he had an opportunity there. But you don't have to, you know, basically paint, like, he didn't, because he didn't paint just India Walton as a bad person. He painted anybody who supported her or anybody who has the same kind of general democratic socialist thoughts as her as a danger to society. And that is a large part of the Democratic Party right now. And if the Democratic Party is going to allow him to continue to be a leading voice at the national level and statewide, then what they really risk is losing a large percentage of their voters forever. Not that those people are going to vote Republican. They just won't vote Democrat. You know, it's funny, like not to go too 
deep into like the whole National Democratic Party or whatever, but really like it reminds me the Democratic Party right now is is quite scared of its left flank and that it could cost them in major elections. Like as 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 the party looks towards 2022, there is a real fear that you know the AOCs or Ilhan Omar's of the world are going to cost uh, the Dems a, a bunch of seats, which you know in reality we we know that <laughs> what's going to cost the Dems is they couldn't really get back, uh, they couldn't get a bill through Congress without giving a huge tax cut to uh, to billionaires. So like the the faith in the Democratic Party is quite shaken because they weren't able to accomplish really any of their goals, even though they had the presidency in both houses in Congress. But I say this to say that like there is a fight for the soul of the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party is really scared that, you know, the left wing of the party is going to come take over. So Byron Brown being on the DNC, there are a lot of people who, again, look at Byron Brown navigating the Republicans to beat back India Walton and that they find that there's more merit him doing that and beating back that left flank than there is any sort of uh, downside to him running as a Republican, which is fascinating that basically you're saying, hey, I'm more scared of the India Walton faction than I am of the Donald Trump faction. Right. That's Yeah, because that's can you imagine a Republican doing the same thing that Brown did just in reverse? Being so scared of the right wing faction, the extreme right wing faction. Well, they tried. They got killed. Well, they but they but they never try to work with Democrats really to do it. They try to they try to do it themselves, but they got killed. But well, and this this is one of the things like between the two parties is the Republican leadership tends to be a lot younger than Democratic leadership, and and part of it is because like they lose these purity tests in the primaries, and then they they don't, with the exception of like Murkowski, they don't run the general election once they lost the primary. They give up. Republicans fall in line. Democrats are willing to fight each other until the bitter end and do whatever they have to do, even if it means ally with right-wing crazies to win a general election and paint you know the left wing of their party you know with this terrible brush what nancy pelosi and like tom perez and terry mcauliffe and you know these national figures have to understand is that like they're gonna die and the left wing of the party is going to take over anyways yeah yeah uh, but Byron's way, still- way to get existential. In case Nancy Pelosi didn't realize she is going to die. <laughs> Dying Feinstein is going well, to die. Well, I, I think not to uh, not to be get all Malcolm Gladwell, but uh, <laughs> we might be at a tipping point in society where people can live forever. Who knows? Who's to say the technologies? Right. But, I mean, yeah, well, that's why Chuck Grassley in 20, 2140 will still be senator from Iowa. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Well, the long and short of this is that Byron Brown is still on the DNC. Um, the Bernie Sanders, our revolution faction of the Democratic Party is, is certainly looking to have him ousted from the DMC, uh, DNC, Democratic I, National I, Committee. I think what's the loss to the DNC if they get rid of Byron Brown? Like what happens is they placate the left wing of the party and they can go and put some other shithead in there. They're not going to put India Walton in to replace him. That's not happening. Brian Nowak is not getting that seat out of New York State, right? Oh, yeah. No, they can put fucking Jeremy Zellner in there and nothing really changes. 
but they placate the left. If they were any fucking good at this stuff, like the Republicans are, the Republicans would have dropped whoever ran with the Democrats right away, like they dropped Liz Cheney and they excommunicated her from the Wyoming Republicans and replaced them with somebody. Wait, are we talking about the rhino? The rhino, oh, yeah. No. The rhino. And, and then they just move forward and they placate their wing so they, they don't lose any votes in the election because everybody falls in line then still. Well, I, but I think the point is a show of strength that like, no, it's it's a big giant fuck you that we won't do it. You know, that like, hey. Right. It's going to be a, such a great show of strength that they're going to get fucking waxed next year in the in the midterms because they're going to lose their left flank is not going to come out and vote for them. Yep. Right? What? How smart are they? What? Wow, they're really playing four-dimensional chess here. What, it, it's, what We'll win in 2032 as long as we lose for the next 10 years because we're such so fucking incompetent. Well, speaking of shitheads in the Democratic Party, Jay Jacobs, uh, <laughs> yes, the head of the New York State Democratic Party, who you may remember from perhaps this show or maybe other news sources, comparing our one-time mayoral candidate and friend, India Walton, to white nationalist, former KKK leader, David Duke. Yes, that Jay Jacobs uh, survived a vote of no confidence recently. I think it was something like... I want to say it was like 40 to like 144, some some crazy margin where he was, you, you resoundingly, uh, they said, yeah, Jay, you're, you're cool. You're, yeah. you're good, man. Again, not much more to say on that than you could have found another shithead like Jay Jacobs. Right. Again, like you could, you could do the nominal thing, say, okay, like we acknowledge that like that you, we've angered the left wing. We want you guys to be part of the team. We want you to play with us. We want you to come out and vote and support you. So we're going to pick another garbage person that you hate, but at least it won't be this person that you hate. So it looks like we're doing something, but they're so fucking bad at this stuff that what they'd rather do is alienate 30% of their voters. And, and then they'll blame those voters for losing the election when the reason that they lost the election is because they pissed them off and those people stopped voting for them. Do you know, we don't have mandatory voting in, in this country where you're forced to go vote. So people will, will just stay home. I wish that like mainline Democrats would listen to the podcast so I could like yell into their fucking ear as loud as fucking possible that people will just stay home. They won't. They, you have to earn their vote. And after you shit all over their left wing candidate this year, this blue no matter who bullshit is you're, you are going to be with that and a dollar. You can get a fucking cup of coffee. Not for nothing, by the way, not for nothing. Like the scary Republican tactic you know like and again donald trump sucked and he was a, a blight on this country i don't want to pretend otherwise but a lot of what the democrats uh made hay on was that oh dangerous donald trump you know we've got a rally we're the resistance okay but now you've got a guy like byron brown who was sitting on the democratic national committee who ran as a republican and you know kind of gets applauded for that that hey that's a pretty savvy move that he did all right, you can't tell me that the Republicans are so goddamn dangerous anymore. I'm sorry. You have a candidate. You have you have somebody on your committee who is representing your party who ran as a Republican, and now you're, you're like, yeah, that's 
geez, that's really smart. You can't turn around and say to me, oh, the Republicans are so dangerous. You got to vote blue no matter who. Well, the other thing is like at the end the Senate, you have Cinema and Mansion, who you know, were not going the, the for the people voting act, right? Is never going to fucking pass because of these two. Pro act probably never pass. Right. And so you can't tell me the Republicans are so dangerous. We have to do something. You have to vote Democrat. And when it comes to these two sons of bitches, they won't vote Democrat if their fucking lives depended on it. I saw earlier on face the nation today kirsten gillibrand was on and she's like well i hope to talk to joe manchin and blah 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 and i was like unless you have a fucking revolver and you have your hand on a short parody, curlies parody. you're not going to get him to do anything yeah we we were talking before the show we weren't going to talk too much about the uh the rittenhouse stuff because i don't really think that's our place and we don't we talk about the national stuff because it, it does i mean byron brown is on the dnc so it is it is relevant i will say something that sort of stuck in my craw as we're, if we're talking about national politics and the Democratic Party in general, is Eric Swalwell, um, one-time presidential candidate. I believe he's a representative out of, is it Ohio? Ah, oh, whatever, whatever fucking place he's from. But he came out and said, well, you know, after the Rittenhouse verdict came out, he said, hey, um, this is why you have, to, you have to vote hard, get to the ballot box. And it's like, listen, dipshit, I think the judge in the trial was a Democrat. I, the governor of Wisconsin is a Democrat. Like, they're Democrats all over the place, and they're a bunch of fucking assholes. The judge was a Republican. The judge was a Republican, okay. But I think the mayor of Kenosha, Wisconsin is a Democrat. Right. And the, the governor of Wisconsin is a Democrat as well. So it's just like you, you can't sell us on this vote blue no matter who. And I think you're right, Jim. I think people really might start staying home, and that's going to be a bloodbath in 2022. It's, it's, it's absolutely going to be a bloodbath, and it's going to be the Republicans are going to have a majority in the Senate and the House that's going to take 10 years for their Democrats to take back if they ever take it back. It it may be it may be one of those things where like remember when the Republicans won the House in 1994 probably not because you would have been like four I remember I do actually the contract with America right the contract with America 1994 but it was the first time the Republicans had taken the House of Representatives in like 40 years that is what the Democrats are setting themselves up for is that they are not going to control the House for 40 years but you know who's going to be in the House <laughs> who you know who, who is going to be in the House. Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, Cory Bush, AOC. They're going to win their seats. They're going to be there. It's the it's the milk toast mainline mid like footsie playing with the Republicans Democrats who are going to get waxed in the fucking mid Speaking of being in seats, people, perhaps you listener, might be back in your seat in your office soon if you work in an office building because here in New York bringing it back home a little bit our governor kathy hochel says get back to work get back get not oh, back. get back to the office Jeez. yeah yes kathy hochel came out and she uh which she put her foot down which she put her stamp on it she wants to speak to your manager yeah, yeah she does no she she put out in a release or it, it, i saw it in a tweet but i i'm assuming it's in some kind of press release or whatever i, th I think it was actually a speech but whatever the same whatever, thing sure same shit. right i mean who knows if she actually said it or if it was just something that a junior staffer wrote well she's <laughs> she's trying to get everybody back in the office in new york state in 2022 which was met resoundingly with a Right, right. It's, it was very popular on the uh, Reddit sub anti-work. <laughs> we are experiencing a, a huge spike in COVID cases here in Western New York. All right, let's start there. Not just in Western New York. I mean, yes, locally in Western New York, across New York State, but like 
across the world, there's a huge spike in COVID cases. Like Germany has the highest rate that they've had basically since the pandemic started. England has a crazy high rate, you know, uh, states all across the country, like the South looks a lot better than it was, but only because like the South was doing literally nothing to prevent COVID for a long time. And um, a lot of those people died. Like that's why the COVID rate has gone down in the South is because so many of the people who were doing nothing have just died. That's not how you win a pandemic. I mean, I guess that is, I guess one way. If you're a nihilist, sure. Right. I mean, that's, that's how we won the bubonic plague back yeah, yeah. in the 1400s <laughs> is 5 million people died yeah. and then it was gone. I don't want to give any kind of purchase to those people who are like, oh, COVID's not real or oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, yes, obviously COVID's real. Plenty of people died from it. That's real enough for me. But I will say the cynicism of you know, we had like a year plus where we were like basically locked up indoors. Yes, I know we have the vaccine and it's wildly important that you get vaccinated if you haven't done so, listener. I and, you have. and and then this week, they also, uh, uh, the FDA approved boosters for all adults. Yes. yes. Get your booster. Get your booster. Get three boosters. Get a, get get all the boosters. And if you don't get a booster and you're in the South Towns, I'll get you with my Trank one. <laughs> but I mean, I just... To me, it's just so goddamn cynical to be like, oh, we've got to take COVID serious. We've got to, you know, whatever. We're, we took COVID serious and now COVID's still happening. It's like, all right, fuck it. Get in the office. Go. You know, well, I mean, I will say that like where she gave the speech was she was in in the city when she was talking about this. Yeah. And the city's uh, positivity rate is less than one percent. So while we're up over eight percent in, in West New York. The city basically has control because they're taking it seriously. You know, like I was talking to Adam Bojack a couple of weeks ago and he was like, you know, it was, you know, he, he was in New York and it was refreshing to see people taking it seriously because like everywhere you went, everyone was wearing masks because they're taking it fucking seriously because it's an educated area and, or, and people or pay attention and listen and are thoughtful and don't want to die. And here in West New York, despite what Stefan Mahailu might say on Twitter, it is not a deep blue area where people go, oh, we'll just do whatever the Democrats say. It's very much a red area where they go, boo to Donald Trump when Donald Trump tells you to get the vaccine. I'm surprised that West New York hasn't showed up. Here's my second Reddit reference in like five minutes, but it hasn't shown up more on the Herman Cain Award sub. (laughs) I mean, also, like, put aside... Uh, and I don't, you know, I don't want to undermine the importance or whatever of the actual COVID stuff itself. But, dude, we've had two years, basically, of people working from home, getting adjusted to working from home. And they're doing fine. They're doing fine. And let's say you're a parent. OK, let's say you are somebody who has children who need to be taken care of. You've had the luxury of being at home. And yes. It's got to be a nightmare taking care of kids and working. I can only fucking imagine. And shout out to all the parents who've done that in the middle of this pandemic. But also, now they might have to figure out child care costs. If they have to go back to office and they're getting forced back in because Kathy Hochul is like, hey, you know, uh, the landlords at these office buildings got to pay the got to got to get paid. Then um, fuck. All right. Now you have to figure out daycare now you gotta get figure out like who's gonna pick up the kids from school again well luckily the democrats control the house and the senate so they'll probably pay for day child care right like that's that'll, oh, yeah, that sure. that's gonna get oh yeah yeah oh whoopsie daisy <laughs> whoopsie daisy cole 
Well, while we're on the topic of the governor, Jim, we might as well start handicapping the governor's race. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, Kathy Hochul, while she's already announced her intention to run for re-election, and Jay Jacobs, like, who thought India Walton was basically David Duke, is, is already like, but yes, Kathy Hochul, she's great. Um, there's other people who are potentially interested in the governor's office. Oh, who might that be? Well, I mean, there's there's a couple. Um, you may have heard of the current attorney general, Tish yes. James. She has announced her intention to run for governor. And then also uh, New York City public advocate Jumani Williams has announced his intention to run for governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all have their their introductory videos out as to who they are. Kathy Hochul's is the worst of them. <laughs> Kathy Hochul's is basically like, hey, I'm governor. And that that's crazy. Let's let it ride. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's put it all on black. Yeah. Tish James, I think, is the best of them, but it's very close because the Jumani Williams one is also very good. Uh, the Jumani Williams one has a lot, like him walking around, a lot of like in motion and going forward. I tend to, and we, and we don't even, we haven't even talked about Ree's boy for governor. Oh, yes. yet. But uh, I mean, you know, my my early instinct is to root for Jumani Williams. I'm not sure that he's the most serious candidate sometimes. But he's definitely the most leftist candidate in the in the race. You know, I, I I have some good thoughts about Tish James, but at the end of the day, she is a mainstream Democrat. Well, she's a mainstream Democrat, and I mean, look, let's put aside. I don't want to say let's put aside our political biases, but let's put on our, our political analyst hat here, Jim, because you know we we do that occasionally. Right. Um, to me, the major drawback of Tish James as a candidate is. She led that investigation against Andrew Cuomo, the the sexual harassment allegations that ult- that ultimately got Andrew Cuomo removed or to step down from from the governor's seat. And that I think that's a net good thing. I, that investigation needed to happen. I think the optics, though, of the person who led that investigation, then trying to take that seat afterwards, it looks like she was trying to drive him out so that she could move in. Kathy, there's there's going to be a certain percentage of Democrats who are happy that Cuomo's gone, who are going to show up and vote in primary day, right? I mean, uh, there's a large percentage of them who I just talked about 10 minutes ago are going to stay home now. But they're going to, there's some that are going to show up on, on primary day, and they're going to say, why didn't Kathy Hochul say anything while she was lieutenant governor under Cuomo? Why didn't she step up to to say this is wrong? And, and it, it, she just played the game because it was good for her at the time. I think you're right that... There's going to be certain people who are like, you can't take somebody out and then say you want their job. Well, there's also going to be certain people who just fucking hate Tish James because they are avowed Cuomo sexuals. Like there was a just because Andrew Cuomo's gone does not mean that there's not a considerable faction of the Democratic Party in, here in New York who is very much in the tank for Andrew Cuomo still. Well, it's it's a considerable amount, but I mean, like as of last polling, it was like it was down below thirty percent now. That's a lot for a primary if those people are really against you. Right, but it, that's where I I, you know, I fall in line with Jumani Williams as like a as a really viable candidate then because he should unify the left. If any leftists come out to vote, they should vote for Jumani Williams. Yeah, anybody who was vocal and full-throated supporting India Walton should be a Jumani Williams supporter. And I mean, they're not going to vote for Kathy Hochul because Kathy Hochul refused to endorse India Walton. Yeah. She, she basically said... You know, covered her eyes and covered her ears and covered her mouth and did the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil thing. 
the the candidate that we're not talking about, who hasn't officially announced yet, although he's formed a committee, but he hasn't officially announced, is Reese Boy, mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio. That's right. The debungler, baby. I, I think that a lot of the same things that you say about the 30% of the Democrats who are homosexuals who hate Tish James, they also hate Bill de Blasio. And they, 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 they probably don't hate him as much as they hate Tish James right now, but they spent the last eight years hating Bill de Blasio. And there's a lot of people in New York City who aren't happy with him. Now, I do agree with you that after, you know, Six months of Eric Adams, there might be some rose-colored glasses put on and go, man, we had some pretty good times with Bill de Blasio. I also don't think that the Cuomo people, I think Cuomo himself hates Bill de Blasio. Yeah, but I think there was internecine conflict in the party between those two. Specifically, I don't think the average Democrat necessarily, like if you were a fan of Cuomo, that you would hate Bill de Blasio. Cuomo hates Bill de Blasio so much that you're you're right we were talking about this earlier that like yes there's gonna be some people who are going to try to tank the tish james including cuomo himself cuomo would rather die than let bill de blasio become governor of new york state he will personally get involved in tanking the de blasio campaign remains to be seen he would rather see jumani williams or kathy hochel win and he'll do everything he can to prevent bill de blasio from being governor i i i don't know i don't know if i agree with that Uh, he and he might do that I think that those people are going to go after Tish James. Unfortunately, I think they're going to go after both of them. I think they have enough. I think they have enough energy to go after. Two you people. can only pick one. I, I like, and I, I say this like you really have the. You really have to make somebody a target, and I think that Tish James being, I, I think Cuomo might personally have more animus towards Bill De Blasio, but I think the Cuomo faction of the party is ultimately going to put Tish James going to be the heat shield for that, and I think she's going to get. She's going to get the blowback. I, I think if those are our four candidates, and it's, it remains to be seen if we don't get more candidates, because we might get more people. Who, I mean, you know, Swazi has basically said that he's out uh, as, as far as governor. He thinks he's going to be deputy mayor of New York City because he's high. But Swazi's basically out as running for governor. But, you know, there, there, there are still other people out there who could potentially get man, managed for governor's race. Well, the Democrats, I mean, they have to, they, like, look, I know they I, unite the party, but I mean, they really, they really do. Like, they need a figure who, you know, that everybody is like, yeah, okay, I can live with. Oh, well, um, it's not de Blasio. De Blasio is going to get like 0% in upstate New York. He's the mayor of New York City, but he was a national. Look, he was he ran for uh, ran for president. Like he he has name recognition. Uh, he, 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 he and and I forgot how does presidential campaign go? Not great, not great. But I mean, Jimmy Griffin ran for president one time too. <sighs> so hey, the winner of the Democratic primary for for governor, do they win the governorship? Oh right. yeah, there's no Republican. I mean, well, Lee Zeldin can eat my ass. You, okay, I want to ask the question. Well, I, I yes yes the Democratic. Winner, the winner of the Democratic primary is almost certainly going to be governor, but like it could be closer than in previous years. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my neck out there on that take. That I think it, there's gonna be a little bit more sweat on your brow for that governor's race than usual. I can't see it being any closer than 50, 53, 47. That's that's relatively close. I mean, that's relatively close, but like you know, we're not we're not waiting for uh, absentee ballots to come in. It's yeah. called on election night. Yeah. Uh, right now, if I had to pick if between the three announced candidates and de Blasio, if they're all in it, I would put my money uh, personally on Jamani Williams as winning. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with the debungler as uh, the winner in that, that group. But, hey, 
It's a year away, so we've got a lot of time to get mad about it, get heated about it, be really wrong, be really right. Who's right. to say? Right. I mean, I mean, you know, who We're knows? We're doing this all for you, baby. This is right. content. Right. I mean, it, 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 you know, who knows? Like, it, like I had, like I mentioned on the podcast, I had that bet with my father's friend about like how long Cuomo would stay as governor. And he was like, he'll never resign. I was like, he'll be gone by the end of the month. And like, who knows what could change? Like, who knows when Kathy Hochul might sexually harass somebody and she has to resign? Who's to say? I mean, it's it, it could happen at any moment. Well, well. So I, I want to, because we were attached to this before, we, but we didn't write on the board. We do have the attorney general's race to talk about. Oh, right, right, right. We have Zephyr Teachout has announced that she is running. Uh, that is my personal pick. Like, if I could draft somebody to run for attorney general, Zephyr Teachout would be it. Uh, there's a couple other people who are rumored to be interested. State Senator from Queens, Mike Giannaris, who came up to Buffalo for the AOC India Walton rally. Interesting. Sure, he is second in command in the state Senate. So, you know, he is a statewide figure in the Democratic Party, so it makes sense that he supports a, a Democratic candidate. But it was still interesting that he came all the way from Queens to Buffalo in a non-election year to show up for something. Wonder if he could potentially be running for statewide office. <laughs> There's also somebody, and, and, and GNRS has like $5.5 million in his campaign account. He decides to run, he immediately becomes a legitimate figure and a real threat there's somebody who has even more money in their campaign account who's mentioning who's talked about privately potentially running for attorney general and the media is covering and thinks might run who might that be jim erstwhile former governor andrew cuomo oh whoa whoa that'd be interesting huh wouldn't that be interesting if andrew cuomo was running at the same time that tish james was running you know what? Oh, we didn't mention in the governor's race. Yeah. What other things that potentially could affect that is while we don't vote for them as running mates, people do pick the lieutenant governor and potentially who they choose as a lieutenant governor to help them shore up votes yep. will make a difference. Obviously, Kathy Ogle's picking somebody from downstate. Mm. And it's likely that at least two of the three downstaters are going to pick upstaters. Yep. One of them might be crazy enough to go, we'll just say, fuck it, and I'll just pick somebody else from downstate. You know, I, I could see Jumani Williams saying, like, I really need I need, really need Brooklyn support if I'm going to win. And just saying, you know, eat shit Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I the, We didn't, we're, we're not going to go too long on the attorney general's, uh, general's race. Um, I will say, though, the role of the attorney general is one where you're like, oh, okay, they're, they're the prosecutor they investigate stuff which you know it, it's it's seemingly an unsexy position what makes it so important though is that it's which crimes get investigated um which things does the state of new york really want to focus on as being things that we care about and we want to prosecute and make a big deal and we're new york state man like Wall Street is in our state. A lot of big financial transactions happen in the state of New York. Um, when Elliot Spitzer was attorney general, that guy really went on a rampage investigating fraud and financial impropriety. I mean, that that is a very important role in this state, especially where so many financial transactions are done, choosing what to focus on. So 
again, it's kind of an unsexy position. You just see like attorney general, your, your eyes might roll a little bit. You're like, I don't, I don't know. What do you do? You're, you know, the prosecutor, but prosecuting what prosecuting whom is really important. So finding the right candidate for that role and focusing on how you want that law enforced in this state really is a big deal. It, it's it's proven to be over the last couple of decades a launching pad towards a governor's seat or governor's office. Um, it's because you can raise a lot of money as attorney general, partly because people hope that if they give you money, you won't investigate their field of work. Um, and you have to win a statewide office and show that you can win not just a, a, a primary, but win the statewide office. I mean, it, it's important politically as well as it's, it's important, like actually just structurally for the state. And you're right, New York, New York and California are two of the big states that set in motion what the rest of the country is going to see and what's, what it's going to look like. And with Wall Street and basically the entire United States financial center being in New York State, the attorney general in New York State has an oversized influence. I mean, there are people in other states who know who Tish James is, and I couldn't name another attorney general. If if you put a gun to my head and offered me a million dollars and said, name an attorney general from another state, I'd be like, I hope you're firing blanks. I, I hope it's not Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we uh, certainly went beyond our, our Western New York borders here today. We talked a lot about New York State, even national stuff. But Jim, let's bring it home a little bit uh, as we're in the political realm here about, uh, well, our, our new favorite Western New York political figure. Right, right, yeah. Long-time listeners of the show may know that we, we have been on the Stefan Mahailu beat for a long time. As of December 31st of this year, he will no longer be holding uh, elected office. But there's a challenger to the throne. Somebody new has entered the chat. Oh, I'm excited for this one. It's a heater. We have decided that... We are going to follow the the works and travails, just like Gulliver's Travels, of Dickman. Adam oh. Dickman. Dickman. Na 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 na. Dickman. Dickman. So we're going to follow everything that Adam Dickman does in the town of Lancaster now for a while uh, until until we get bored of this. Yeah. What's he got going on this week, Jim? Well, so the town of Lancaster, those chuds. Uh, <laughs> Voted unanimously this week to ban the sale and consumption of commercial consumption of cannabis. Ah, what losers in the town of Lancaster. Now they, they can't ban all consumption. You can still consume it privately. It's because it's going to be, it's legal in New York state now and you can still grow it and cultivate it, but they, they, they voted to opt out of the sales. What they said was like, well, I, I assume what this, uh, the meeting was like, cause I didn't go because I have things I like to do in my life besides this. Um, I assume they're like, we don't, we don't want tax revenue. We would rather see it all go to Chickawaga. Yeah, sounds just like him. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my impersonation of Dickman. One of the council members did say at the, at the board meeting, if, if you disagree with our decision, and, a, and apparently when they had a board meeting earlier in the month where they talked about the, the, the vote coming up on whether to opt out, and everybody who showed up was in favor of not opting out. Everybody was in favor of having cannabis sales in the town of Lancaster. And the town council listened to them and their impassioned arguments and said, fuck them. We're going to do whatever we want anyways. But they did say you could do petitions and you could put a referendum on the ballot in November of 2022 to overrule the town board and sell cannabis in the town of Lancaster. And there's a guy doing it. 
He's doing it. Okay. He's out there. He's doing it. He's doing the work. Uh, he's doing he, God's work. He's, he owns a couple of vape shops. I think he owns a couple of other businesses, too. Uh, just, you know, really uh, the Benjamin Franklin of the town of Lancaster. That's my uh, nickname for him is the Benjamin Franklin of the town of Lancaster. <laughs> Trademark pending. Um, so these are clearly not free market Republicans. No, no, no. Clearly not, not libertarian Republicans. Right. They just don't want you smoking doobies um, in Lancaster, man. Well, it might turn you left wing. Well, they don't even care. I don't think they care about the people who live in Lancaster. They're worried about people coming from outside of Lancaster into Lancaster. Definitely. All the people from the fucking city of Buffalo are lining up to drive out to Lancaster <laughs> right, like, to get their weed. Everybody in the Masson district was like, I was, I was so ready to go to Central and Broadway in the village of Lancaster and smoke up in front of the Lancaster Opera House. Just get the Bob Marley queued up out in right, Center just, Street. Just like, yeah, just a giant fucking spliff. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Jesus! I, uh, oh my god, that's so funny. That's so like. It, it would really just be what's actually going to happen is the people of Lancaster are just going to go somewhere else to buy their weed now. Right. Yeah, they're going like, to lose they're going to lose all that tax revenue. And like if they're worried about like what happens when people consume drugs in our town, like I I live in Lancaster, I grew up in Lancaster, I've lived in Lancaster on and off for most of my 42 years. Public intoxication is a big issue, and I would argue that alcohol use is much more of a gateway drug to other drug use than marijuana. I have never smoked pot and thought you know what? Fuck it. I'll try another drug. I have gotten drunk and people have offered me other drugs. And I'd be like, you know, fuck it. I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I want when I smoke some food, right? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you, you know what I, you know what I want when I, I, I consume marijuana, my pillow, uh, my pillow and a blanket and maybe my dog yeah. to lay next to me. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was Dick man watch and, and Lancaster watch in general, but Lancaster watch Lancaster watch. But, you know, there's other stuff happening besides stuff in the town of Lancaster. Believe it or not, I, I have trouble yeah. be believing that. But, hey, uh, turns out the Starbucks union vote still ongoing as the folks over at the Starbucks locations are sending in their ballots in the mail. We will keep you updated on the results of that when they come in. I stopped at the uh, airport store today on the way in to here. They asked me my name when I, I ordered my uh, my. Olay, and I said Union Strong. I got A, the fastest cafe Olay or, or <laughs> venting misto that I've ever gotten at a, at a Starbucks. Uh -huh. And the woman who gave it to me, when she called out Union Strong, when I, I came in to get it, she leaned in and under her breath said, thank you for your support. Under nice. her breath said, thank you for her support. Uh, oh, maybe also under her breath, but under her breath is what I meant. <laughs> uh, and I said, you know, of course, no problem. Good luck with every vote. Yes. But uh, we had a, a fun little story come out there about the Starbucks executives in town. Yeah. Who oh. a local bartender. Sh shall I read the tweet? Uh, read the tweet. Yeah. It's better if you read it. So from SB Workers United, we learned from a bartender who works at one of Starbucks corporate's favorite watering holes here in Buffalo that when drunk, the execs refer to us as quote unquote little peasants little peasants is that how they define partnership you, you know what oof i am i am so excited for an agrarian revolution <laughs> what piece is a shit little oh my god is that, is that what they teach in, in business school now that i, I, I never went to wharton yeah, so maybe okay. all you little green beans out there right you little peasants little peasants yeah that sucks 
I don't, I don't I don't have anything else to say than that sucks. Like even look, even if you're like I think they're going a little bit too crazy with the Starbucks union man and uh you're not supporting their efforts, fine, whatever. I think you're kind of a shithead, but that's fine. But the attitude of the executive class who are coming in and are basically just like fuck you and just making their attitudes eh, barely masking how they feel about their employees. That's not good for business either way. Also, if you are that bartender or you know that bartender, let us know. We'd love to have them on the podcast and we will keep them anonymous. Or at least like, let us know, even if you don't want to be on the podcast, I would love to come and have a drink with you. Yes, I'd love to yeah, buy, buy you a drink. Buy you a drink, have a drink with you, and then surreptitiously sit there and wait for the fucking executives to come in and listen to what they say. Yep. Yep, yep. I'll leave a trail of coffee beans in the door so they know how to, like like Hansel and Gretel, so they know how to get to the, the bar. Yep. Is that how they're traveling around Buffalo right, right now? Right, yeah. Coffee, it, coffee bean expressway? Yeah, they're, 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 they're new to the city, yeah. so they don't know where to go, so they have to leave a trail of Sumatra everywhere they go. <laughs> um, other, other local news here. Buffalo Public Schools, uh, out of nowhere, closed school Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So if you're a listener, again, with kids, you're, you've been kind of getting shafted from the beginning in a lot of different ways during this pandemic. But now the uh, BPS is just closing school on a day where you thought your kids were going into the schools. So thank God that hopefully you're still working from home. Hopefully you're yeah, still working from home. The, despite the governor's protestations. Uh, yes. Yes. So this episode is going to come out after that happened. So listener with kids, that sucks. We're sorry. Right. <laughs> um, stadium funding article investigative post. We had a big, big story in the investigative post that basically was like, hey, we're going to examine the revenue and how much it's going to cost for the stadium and what kind of, um, you know, what kind of subsidies are going to go to it and, and how much Buffalo and Western New York is going to get back for it. Turns out not much. Right. Turns out not much. They also did a story, investigative post about the stadium, about how the potential subsidy that Buffalo would be kicking in would be by far the largest subsidy that any municipality has kicked in. I think the largest subsidy to date was about seven hundred fifty million, and you know Buffalo's looking potentially at like a billion dollars. That's crazy. So you know, thirty three percent more than even, and these are larger markets, and they're you know, and are the pool is that hard up? For fuck's sake, what the fuck? They, they, might, they might be. They might be. They, they might. Although shell and and fracking production has increased yeah. lately. Yeah. I mean, gas is five dollars a gallon. Uh, so, you know, maybe they're not as hard up as they had been, but, uh, I, I do think that, you know, the Pagulas could be fairly hard up and, you know, you're talking about like LA built a brand new stadium for three and a half billion dollars and it took zero dollars of public funding. Right. All right. So we had a pretty big, um, pretty big court case in the area recently, Jim. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the case was over really. The, the decision came down and it, it, it's gotten national attention because of it. Um, Niagara County Court Judge Matthew J. Murphy III uh, apparently agonized and prayed over what he should do with uh, Christopher Belter, who is... Now, Christopher Belter wasn't found guilty. He pled guilty to felony rape and attempted first-degree abuse and two misdemeanor charges of sexual abuse. And he pled guilty to all this at his parents' Lewiston home of, of teenagers. Now, I think he was 17 when this happened. He wasn't given youthful offender status. And what's crazy to me is, so he pled guilty of felony rape and these other charges, and the max he was facing is eight years, which is mind-boggling. These 
these these women that he assaulted are going to be dealing with this for life. There's that woman who last year who voted in Texas and didn't realize she wasn't allowed to vote. And she got five years in prison for voting accidentally. And this guy was facing a max of eight years when he pled guilty. But you know what he got? Probation. Eight years probation. Why should we ruin this young man who's rich and white? Why should we ruin his life? He only ruined the lives of at least four women. So here's the thing. I I am much like with the Rittenhouse thing. I'm more I'm in favor of less people in prison on the whole. All right, let me start there. That that is my implicit bias in this there where I hear somebody is not going to prison that doesn't necessarily offend my sensibilities. Now, the extenuating circumstances with this that hey, there are a lot of young women who their lives, not just the I mean yes, the women directly involved in this are obviously their lives are going to be changed forever by this happening and that this person basically got off. Uh, there's also a lot of young women who see this and they're like, well, shit, that's just how it is in this world. Fuck. And that changes their life too. And that is really, that that is like the societal thing for me is like, man, all right, young women and potential shithead young men will see this and like, oh, okay, that's how it is in this world. And I don't want that to be the world that we live in that you can sexually assault people and basically not have consequences for it. I will say though that much like anything else in this country where we talk about the inequality of justice that you know this you're right rich white kid can do this can plead guilty to it and get eight months probation eight years eight eight years excuse me eight years big difference eight years probation which is a long probationary period but regardless still probation I, i i wonder if you know you put a young black kid in that same position what one would it become a a a national media story and two if it did would it be because it was framed much differently shall we say it wouldn't become a national media story because he would have got eight years in prison and they would have gone oh that's just what he gets he might have got more than eight years they would have found a loophole and they're like well it says the max is eight years but i'm going to give him 57 right Again, and And the reason why he wasn't given youthful offenders status is because he admitted during the two years probation that he had while the trial was going on that he installed software so he could get he could get around the court ordered block so he could look at pornography. I agree with you that the less people in prison, the better society is. And I'm pretty close to a prison abolitionist. But that said, when somebody you have this much of a miscarriage of justice and somebody's getting away with it just because of who they are, something has to be done. I mean, this is this is a legitimately danger-to-society person. Well, and that's, yes. ju- that's just it. That's, that's the big thing that really is sort of the tipping point for me, is that is this person going to be a danger to themselves and to others? And it is highly plausible that this, this person will be a danger and, and could very well pretty, do this I think again. it's pretty likely. So that's something to me where it's like, one, would there be any sort of rehabilitation for him in prison? I don't know. You know, will there be rehabilitation for him in probation? I hope so. I I hope so. This is my big thing where I, I, I tend to be on the prison abolition thing is that like in European countries, they view prison as rehabilitation. Here, we just view it as punishment. And just beat the shit out of the people and treat them like garbage. And then for some reason, I don't understand why they don't become better. Whereas, you know, in Western Europe, there's a real strong view and and stance on rehabilitation. I would be probably more in favor 
of prison and less an abolitionist in this country if the stance on being in prison was rehabilitation and was actively seeking to rehabilitate people. If they were actually treating prisoners as human beings and treating them decently and working to rehabilitate them, I would be more in favor of, and I wouldn't be so knee-jerk like you are, Re, that the, the fewer people in prison, the better. Because my view is that the more pe- the people who end up in prison end up usually coming out worse than they went in because they're treated subhumanly. So they start to think of, uh, and, and act in that way because they've been conditioned to do so. Right, right. But again, and I agree with you there, but again, like the, the flip side is like, what kind of danger does this person present to their community to young women to themselves and uh, i don't i don't think these women should live in fear and they're going to because he's on the street well, they're, they're gonna live in fear they're gonna, they're gonna live in, and and i mean I, I can't imagine what these women are going to live with because i've never been victim like this and you know i i, I hate to make those kind of you know tautological arguments but like i think it's and this is a particular situation where that's legitimate and that's real where like not being a a young woman or a woman at all i can't understand the fear that they they face and what's going to end up happening is that this kid is going to go to college and or or, he's old enough now he's 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 probably out of college now and he's going to sexually assault more women that's what that's what's going to happen he may, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to go out on that limb because I don't know that I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be obtuse here. I don't know that. And I hope, I hope to God that he doesn't, you know, like I hope to God that there is some sort of redemption, you know, he finds some sort of inner peace or whatever spurred him to do this, these heinous acts, um, well, that I, he can, I hope by natural causes he drops dead. <laughs> sure. That's, that's just me. I, I, I don't root for death. I never have even, you know, whatever person. I, I just don't. That's not me. I, I don't view that as a redeeming character of human beings. And I, and I think truly in my heart of hearts that everybody does have the chance for some, cor- some sort of redemption or to become a, a better person. I don't know Christopher Belter. I only know these actions which have had such a ripple effect throughout our community and even the larger society and the fact that he has you know for all intents and purposes gotten off from them man i hope that he is not a danger let me that's really all i can say is that i hope that you know what i hope this judge was right to give him eight years probation because god forbid another young woman does get sexually assaulted by this guy because this was deemed the appropriate way to handle this so that's uh, a <laughs> that that was a that was a fun way to uh, sort of yeah. segue into our. We, uh, we need to lighten the mood a little bit, okay? After that one, Oof. yeah, maybe re maybe since this is going to drop on Thanksgiving, we can talk a little bit about what we're thankful for. And re, I know there's something uh, that just came out that was just released that you're 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 looking at. You're you're pretty thankful for, I think. I'm I'm a pretty lucky guy. Okay, I'm 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 healthy. I'm, I'm, you know, pretty content. I, I have a great relationship, great partner. You know, I, I do okay in, in life. I have a great podcast here and a lot of good friends and family. But, you know, the thing that I'm really the most thankful for is Macy's Place and their wonderful pizzas. It is truly... Not to be confused with the Macy's Parade. No. Although, although if if we're lucky, Macy's Place will have a parade on Thanksgiving. Oh, that'd be awesome. They, they should. If they don't have it this year, Macy's, listen to me, start having a parade. Weren't they the ones that were pouring food on the street? 
Right. Yeah. It could just be a bunch of people walking down the street and food. That, do, they the just asphalt. just throwing like. <laughs> pepperoni slices at people while they're sitting on the sides and throwing like sausage chunks yeah yeah hot mozzarella sticks. hot mozzarella sticks yeah like just just throwing like chunks of pizza at people from a, a float chicken wings with vaccination the macy's place thanksgiving day parade yeah uh you know do it in the village of lancaster uh we'll get dick man there as like grand marshal now normally i'm the anti-macy's person here but I have enjoyed the Thanksgiving sub over at Mike's in Kenmore. And uh, you know what? Fucking go for it. Listen, you jamokes who are listening, who, oh, you're too cool Fucking for go school. Ahead. Oh, Macy's play. Oh, uh, they're, they're fancy pizzas. Oh, I don't, that looks, that looks gross. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> you are so lucky to be alive at the same time as those I, artisans no, I wouldn't go that over far. at Macy's place. Make pizza masterpieces. All right. That Thanksgiving pizza looks absolutely fucking phenomenal dude it, it looks so good it, it looks, looks so good it, 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 it looks so high otani good <laughs> it, listen i know i know barstool is a bunch of shitheads but it was so good it looks so good that it made like the barstool twitter page or whatever like they they got pretty they got pretty big press for that and rightfully so so macy's place if you're listening i love you Sponsor me. Forget these other jokers. All right. Wait, wait, wait. I just said that they should have a parade. All right. All right. That's true. All right. Sponsor me and Jim. Snake. I'm we'll, staying out. We'll of put it. you on the island. Okay. Macy's place. We love you. And I am thankful for you. Right. I uh I'm gonna go a little bit different tact. What do you got there? What Jim? I'm thankful for. I'm gonna bring it down as I usually do. If Taylor was here, uh Seltzer Mom, if Seltzer Mom was here, she would be like, Well, Jim's bringing it down again. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm just thankful that, uh, you know, as of, as of this week, as, you know, as a, as a God fearing agent of the court has decided that it's okay for me to take an assault weapon across state lines and shoot protesters whenever I want and shoot to kill like yeah. James Bond. Yeah. You're thankful for that. But I mean, I don't know that I'll take advantage of it, but at least it's an option. Uh, what you know? What I'm not thankful for, though, is Buffalo Public Schools closing on Wednesdays because you know how much money that's costing me in cigarette sales. <laughs> is is that it? Anything else to be thankful for, Jim? Uh, you know, I, I am thankful. One other thing is that uh, Snake here uh, gave me a uh, a jar of cannabis. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was within the legal limit. I legal just limit. Say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and. My mother, Barb, who, to my knowledge, to my understanding, has never tried cannabis. Yeah. Got a recipe from her sister who, who, who did start using cannabis when she had breast cancer and was you know, undergoing chemotherapy. And, and it was a way to I encourage her to eat for making butter and then making edibles. All right. And my mother is going to make some brownies and some chocolate chip cookies. That sounds great. And I am thankful for, I, I cannot wait to see my mother higher than a georgia pine <laughs> she started a youtube channel <laughs> i i hope what happens is the the saturday after thanksgiving in lancaster is the santa claus fire truck parade mm -hmm. and my parents live right on the parade route they have every year 80 to 100 people show up at my parents house and drink and sit around a fire and watch the parade and kids eat candy and the adults get fucked up okay and 
if my mom takes some edibles before people come over, it'll be the happiest day of my life. <laughs> I will be Chris fucking Kringle. I will be so happy. All right. She's gonna she's gonna hop on one of those trucks and go to White Castle. Right, it's, uh, she, she, or at least Chick Fil A. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, may, or may, may, my mom's not really a Chick Fil A person, oh, but good, uh, okay. you know she's she's more of uh, oh, what's the the fried chicken place? Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, not Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, the, the, the good one, Popeyes. Yeah, yeah. Popeyes. Popeyes kept, is good. Popeyes is good. I, I kept wanting to say Bojangles, but that's a long truck that's ride. That's not around here. Yeah, know. that's a long truck ride. So I, if I can get my mom high for the the Thanksgiving or the Thanksgiving weekend truck parade, that'll be the happiest day of my just life. Just get a sack of chicken sandwiches ready, okay? Right. I, I, I should, or just or like or three D Doritos. Snake, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for not Macy's Thanksgiving pizza. Um, I'm thankful that I can go to concerts again. I'm thankful for the labor movement right now. It yes. seems to be strengthening. I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful that my nickname, my self-given nickname, is stuck. Mm-hmm. That you, made, people, you made fetch happen. I yeah. made fetch happen. I'm very thankful for that. And uh, you know what? I'm thankful for you guys, and I'm thankful for all our listeners. Mm. It's been a hell of a year. Where are the jokes? You're no, you're no, no jokes. No, I'm being genuine. Jeez, I have no jokes. I'm very thankful for all this. My and to Therese's point, my 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 wife, my family, my friends. Yeah, I, I'm not thankful for any of that shit. <laughs> Fuck that noise. That's, you know, but you know what I am thankful for? December 10th. Hey. Oh. Still tickets available. They're going fast though. Yeah, we we we're, it, we're, we're I think we're down to uh, we we've sold two thirds of them. Yeah, so if you if you're if you're like, oh, I'll just get a ticket, they'll have them. We're running out of tickets for the December tenth for the Christmas party. Uh, you get a drink. Hopefully, you get a Tom and Jerry. If you don't get a Tom and Jerry, you can get whatever else you want. We'll have food. Yeah, uh, I am curating a Christmas song list as we speak. All right, uh, and we we will we're gonna decorate. Yeah, and, and we, we might I, we might have a little surprise for you. We may have a little surprise for you, and uh, like. We've said all the proceeds go to Vive Refugee Shelter. It's the largest refugee shelter in the United States. Happens to be right here in Buffalo, New York. Uh, we're not. This isn't a fundraiser for us. We can use it. We just want a party. We just want to have a good party, and we want to spread the Christmas cheer with a good organization. And we we happen to find one in Vive. Yep, yep. We're we're all about the good vibes, and we just want to hang out with you guys. Yeah, you know, we want to meet. We want to meet you. Or if we know you, we want to hang out with you. Or right. come hang out with us, seven p.m. to question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> if you're mad at us, I guess you could show up. I right. Hope, it, I hope it, you don't. Right. But. It, if you if you <laughs> hate me, please buy a ticket and tell me why. Uh, how much you hate me and yeah, why you hate do me. It. Oh man, uh, if, you wouldn't be the first person. I I one time got like a twelve page letter from next girlfriend about all the bad things about me, dude. Wow. But, so and, and it was single space. So like wow. unless you unless you can get to fourteen pages, oh, if, if we get enough people really mad at us, we could do like a fundraiser. We do a dunk tank, and then they would have to throw baseballs and try to dunk us. Right, right, right. I would love that. Right, and, and, that. and, and, and I'll tell you what. Here's, here's Jeremy Zellner. You can buy like fifty dollars worth of baseballs. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'll tell you. Here's how I'll run the dunk tank: is when Ree and Snake are in the dunk tank, they have the the cage in front of you. Is to protect you from the, the balls, I'll take the cage down and throw it right at me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to wear a goalie mask or something, okay? You got, 
Uh, I'll put it in like a mouthpiece in. Oh, okay. You could dunk Jim by making <laughs> making him pass out when he gets hit in the head with a baseball. <laughs> <laughs> he just falls in the water, <laughs> just bobbing well, like an apple. And well, you can do that. You can do that, or just keep feeding him beers. I guess. Uh, yeah. Oh well, we don't have a dunk tank this time around, unfortunately, uh, but uh, we do have good vibes and great friends and lots of booze to lubricate the whole thing. So get your tickets. And Ryan, we could uh, Snake, we could put a link. Yeah, we'll put the link. Put up. the link up. Yeah, so and, and and bring some cash with you. We we may or may not. We way we probably will have some uh, merch there available. Yeah, and we'll have shirts. Well, hey, this is uh, and if you're listening to this, this probably dropped on Thanksgiving morning for you. So you know you gotta hang out with your in laws and your relatives and and talk about shit uh, that's going on. So I hope you're a little bit more informed. No, yeah. I, I hope you feel like you learned something. If if somebody has something to say, you could pipe up with. Well, I heard, and you, you heard it from us here right. at the square. And you know, and have you know what? It's Thanksgiving, so fuck it. Have a second serving of stuffing if you want stuffing. If it's good stuffing, uh, Snake is making cornbread stuffing. Yep, yeah, buddy. Uh, cranberry sauce. Go deep on the cranberry sauce today. The brown and serve rolls. You can't have too many of them. Nope, nope. And. If you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, you will be cheering on your the the Buffalo Bills. Go the Bills on Thanksgiving. Uh, they're the night game. Meanwhile, you know Josh Allen's going to turn it up. Oh hell yeah! Like he did it last time. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Oh hell yeah! Well, it's it's Sunday. We're going to go watch the Bills now too. So go Bills. Have a good go week. Bills. Love to eat turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Love to eat turkey. I love you. Love to eat turkey, cause it's good. Love to eat turkey like a good boy should, cause it's turkey to eat. So good. That clapping's messing my head up, man. I appreciate it, but I was, was trying to think of the next line. I'm like, all I hear is clapping. Here we go. Thanks anyways. Turkey for me, turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. 50 million Elvis fans can't be.